Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Think of us as a digital caravan of storytellers, bringing authentic, authoritative, and exclusive stories to you weekly from the tea land. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. Delta delivers food service setback. Why are tea tariffs still in place? And tea marathon earns a medal for Japan. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Keilani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliptia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. Consumer spending declined in the U.S., China, and Europe last month. In the U.S., the Delta variant of the coronavirus surged, reaching 140,000 new cases per day. July sales at restaurants, stores, and online declined 1.1% compared to June 2021, according to the U.S. Commerce Department. The impact on tea retail is uneven. Restaurants and bars reported sales grew by 1.7% on average, with much greater gains in regions where a high percentage of the population is vaccinated. Second quarter spending grew at an annual rate of 11.8%, and total retail sales are 17.5% higher than pre-pandemic levels, offering a glimpse of how much potential there is for a return to normal. Economists now say the third quarter will dampen that outlook. Tea shops in downtown locations, anticipating the September return of office workers, may not have to contend with lockdowns, but can't meet expenses in high-rent locations. Meanwhile, footfall in European and American malls decline, and online sales growth that slowed to 4.4% from an average 21% in China, attests to consumer worries worldwide. Business Insight. 
Two retailers occupying valuable real estate face tough choices. Jesse Jacobs, founder of well-respected Samovar Tea House Cafes, a San Francisco chain that reliably generated more than $3 million annually for years, was first forced to close its three locations and then hibernate. This week, Jacobs and his brother Joshua announced that Samovar will pivot to serving Detroit-style pizza. Joyride Pizza will occupy the Valencia and Yerba Buena locations. In San Francisco, where general retail rents average $40.54 per square foot per year, and restaurant retail costs $45 to $75 per square feet, serving pizza is profitable. He told Eater San Francisco, quote, I spent 20 years developing Samovar into an iconic brand. Similar to other restaurateurs across the country, COVID-19 dissolved the brick-and-mortar businesses to the point of no return. We needed to creatively adapt to the moment, end quote. Teas remain on the menu, and www.samovarlife.com retains its luster as a premium online retail destination. But without office workers and with government bailouts exhausted and commercial landlords agitating for relief, tea retailers in downtown locations are unlikely to survive. Why are tea tariffs still in place? Last week, a consortium of 30 major business groups appealed to the U.S. White House to remove tariffs on Chinese goods. China is certainly not suffering. Tea sales to the U.S. remain under $150 million per year, and while China's tea export volumes are down overall due to the pandemic, with $2 billion in sales, China is clearly finding buyers globally. In June, the average price of Chinese tea exports rose 2.54% to $6.86 per kilo. The U.S. did not win its trade wars. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen recently admitted that tariffs on Chinese goods are hurting American consumers. The Biden administration is unwinding trade entanglements over aerospace and autos with the Europeans. And last week, Chinese ambassador King Gang told Craig Allen, president of the U.S.-China Business Council, that trade ties could recover, but first the U.S. must cancel unfair tariffs on Chinese goods. China has shown interest in hosting Yellen in talks, with Chinese Vice Premier Liu He this fall, eliminating the tariff on tea and reciprocating by easing Chinese tariffs on American goods imposed solely in retaliation is an important first step. Business Insight No one in the tea industry wanted the U.S. to levy tariffs on tea, the 7.5% tariff is an unnecessary cost compounded by rising shipping and operating expenses. Minuscule import revenue makes the tea industry a pawn in this geopolitical chess match of billion-dollar multinationals that include Apple, Ford Motor, and IBM. 
Yet easing the restrictions on tea could play a symbolic role in China's business culture. Conversations that begin with tea lead to agreements often far more influential than the U.S. preference for confrontations in court. Aravinda Anand Theraman in Bengaluru reports on India's tea auction prices. India Tea Price Report for the week ending 14th August 2021. The week leading up to the Indian Independence Day was largely uneventful. Prices remained fairly similar to the previous week, with the exception of Darjeeling, which dropped significantly, marking the end of summer flush. In sale 32, Kolkata opened to strong demand for orthodox tea. Well-made whole leaf and brokens were selling well. Middle East was active while CIS countries showed fair demand. In Guwahati, the market opened to fair demand. In the south, Kochi saw a busy week with major blenders, upcountry buyers and exporters active. 75% of the orthodox leaf on offer and 68% of CTC leaf on offer was sold. Local buyers were active for broken grades. A comparison of sale 32 at Kochi for the last three years puts this week's prices as higher than 2019 but lower than 2020. Kunur saw improved demand for CTC leaf as well with 85% sold, of which nearly 37% was picked up by major blenders. Exporters were selective with whole leaf grades but upcountry and other traders competed for brokens and fannings. And now, a word from our sponsor. Q-Trade Tees works with tea purveyors at every scale, from promising startups to the world's largest multinational beverage brands in the hot, iced, and bottled tea segments. With U.S.-based formulation, blending, and packaging services, Q-Trade can help you innovate, scale up, and grow your specialty tea brand. For more information, visit our website, qtradetees.com. This week, T-Biz visits Japan for a victory celebration of the Tea Marathon, an event during the Tokyo Olympics that drew attention worldwide to 15 tea-producing regions in a country famous for quality green teas. And then we travel to Paris to learn about a unique global competition in a tea-consuming country that focuses on the gastronomic pleasure and profits of tea. You may remember our conversation in June with Simona Suzuki, president of the Global Japanese Tea Association. Here on the Tea Biz podcast, we got a preview of the Japanese Tea Marathon, which took place during the Tokyo Olympics. While all those incredible athletes were participating in feats of amazing athleticism, we were flexing our cultural muscles, learning about Japanese tea ceremony, wares, brewing, and growing. Presented in partnership with the Japan Tea Central Council, the tea marathons featured free live online tea tastings to shine a spotlight on Japan's teas, producers, and the 15 tea producing regions. Today I'll be chatting with one of England's star marathoners who participated in every Japanese tea marathon event. His name is Kyle Whittington. You may recognize him as the host of the Tea Book Club and a Tea Biz contributor. Kyle, you attended every single day of the Japanese Tea Marathon event. 
tasting 30 Japanese teas over 15 days, and listening to two hours of speakers from the tea regions of Japan in every session. Now, that's some endurance tea tasting. What was it about the marathon that inspired you to attend so diligently? Well, really, it was the range of teas. That's what really got me hooked. I have to admit,、um, I fully intended not to attend all the sessions when I signed up. But once I got started, I was so caught up with the variety and the quality of the teas, I developed a, a serious case of FOMO and <laughs>、awesome. couldn't miss a day.、Um, I, I kind of, after the first year, I was like, okay, I have to attend tomorrow's. Added to that, there w a s the, the presentations, the chats with the farmers, and the videos, which really got me hooked into exploring each new region each day. That sounds amazing. Now, did you set up your own rituals when partaking in the tea marathon? For example, did you select specific vessels to use with certain teas or set up your space a certain way? <laughs> well, I have a little bit of admission here. I did the first few from the bath. <laughs> <laughs> camera and microphone off. Oh, thank you for clarifying. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sticker over the camera on the iPad just so that I wasn't flashing the world. I'm just not a morning person. So being compass mentis and awake and functioning for 8 a.m. and looking functioning was not going to work for me and took some getting used to. So my solution was to soak in the bath while I adjusted to the schedules.、So、the first two, three days I did from the bath and then got up and, and did the tastings downstairs. Then the rest of them, I found that I would do them on my iPad and I'd do the washing up and make breakfast and do my morning routine. And then when it came to brewing the teas, then I would come and sit down, get out my nice Japanese teaware and enjoy brewing them along with everybody else on the marathon. And that was really nice actually to delve into my collection, select pieces based on the tea that we were brewing, the requirements for brewing. So the recommendation the farmers gave about. Volume and water temperature, and all these other bits and bobs. I really enjoyed that because I got to use pieces I haven't used in ages. It was so nice to do that and then post some pictures for Instagram. One of the days I saved the matcha to use for Keiko tea ceremony practice later that day.、Um, so that was really special. And actually, the first day was quite special as well, as I had my first tea ceremony guest since before the first lockdown last year. So I saved the teas from that session and served them to my guests. So, I used the、um, Fukumushi cha from、um, Kagoshima and brewed it cold for when they arrived as a refresher. And then I used the second pack of it because some of the teas we got two, pa- two packets of and used the second pack after we'd had the tea ceremony event and served it to my guests in the garden for a little wind down while we chatted and talked. And then I made a ponzu and we ate the leaves afterwards. So, that was really nice. And it was just a lovely touch to kind of open the first day of the marathon in that way. Lovely. So you're already paying it forward and sharing what you learned with others. Yes. <laughs> How did hearing from the producers right before you tried their teas influence the tea tasting experience? We heard from the farmers before and during the tasting, which was really special. Of course, hearing from them about their growing and processing was great, and we learned a huge amount. But what I really, really enjoyed was them teaching us how to brew their teas each time. You can't really get much better brewing advice than the person who grew the tea. And it was really interesting、uh, as well to explore with them their individual approaches and practices.、Uh, we learned so much from them in that respect new and interesting brewing methods for specific teas. They had great fun showing us the special tea where they had de- developed with local potters specifically for those teas that they grow. And that was really special. You were actually learning 
how to use the tea at home from the person who grew it. Did any particular farmer's story capture your imagination? <laughs> Several. <laughs> with all their passion and dedication, that, I mean, with every farmer, that really shone through um, and with organizers. But I was particularly caught by, now let me see if I can pronounce this right, Otoyo, Otoyo Goishicha Kyodo Kumiai from Kochi Prefecture, who makes Goishicha, which is a rare fermented tea. And he actually was the last farmer making it at one point and saved it from extinction. There are now three producers, but he saved this tea from extinction. It would no longer exist otherwise. So that was really special um, and really captivating. I also really enjoyed Four Thieves from Nagasaki, a really lovely story of four young tea farmers who joined together to open a factory and create their special teas, which we tasted, of course. It was just lovely the way that they'd actually come together in their community to set something up to save and push forward and promote tea. We tasted their tamari rokucha and their bohojicha, which was made from the stems from matcha production. You've mentioned a few that you've enjoyed. Is there one tea in particular that, because of the marathon, is on your list to explore further? Goishicha, absolutely. I, I only heard about goishicha last year. It's such a rare fermented Japanese tea. It's really unusual. You don't come across it. So I was really excited when I saw it was on the list for the marathon. And I was looking forward to trying it and to hearing from the producer. I loved it. It was amazing. Absolutely delicious. I felt so good. I was drinking it all day. Um, it's one of those that you just keep on brewing. So that is way at the top of my shopping list. I also really enjoyed the Sunden Buncha, which I'm drinking now at the moment, actually, which is made from tea bushes that have been left to grow for three years, then harvested and processed. And it has these huge, big chunks of stem in it. But it tastes really delicious. It's sweet and gorgeous. So that one is on my list as well. And then the other one that really, really kind of stood out was the Gyokuro from Yoshida Meichian in Kyoto. Oh my God, it was amazing. I had goosebumps when I took the first sip. It was just one of those just incredibly amazing teas. You can explore Kyle's favorite Japanese teas, Yokuro, Goishicha, Sanin Benja, and all of the other teas on the Global Japanese Tea Association website, gjt.org. Learn about the tea producing regions, connect with producers, and watch videos. To hear more from Kyle, read his book reviews on t-biz.com. The deadline to enter AVPA's fourth annual Tees of the World competition is August 31st. Our guest today, Philippe Juggler, is president of AVPA, a Paris-based non-governmental, non-profit organization that judges wine, chocolate, coffee, and teas best suited to local preferences. He joins us to discuss what it takes to be a winner in the only gastronomic tea competition in a consumer country that evaluates tea solely to promote the good practices of production and trade. Hello, Philippe, and welcome back to the Tea Biz Podcast. Will you share with listeners details about AVPA's upcoming Teas of the World competition? Last year, we received more than 200 teas from more than 20 countries all over the world. And we are very happy with that uh, result for such a, 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 young, a young competition. So we can hope this year uh, to get 300 teas uh, from 25 countries 
the most important uh, participants uh, to our competition are newcomers in the tea industry. This very year, for instance, uh, we had the inscription of a tea from UK. Great Britain is now a, a, a country producing tea in uh, Iceland. We have a lot of teas from uh, Taiwan, from uh, Asia, from Africa, Eastern Africa, Western Africa. What is missing up to now is uh, China. China is uh, a bit shy, but I suppose they'll come one day or the other. Japan is now in our, in our competition in France. Uh, tea is a very, very new and uh, dynamic uh, industry. And we are very, very good uh, tea amateurs. Uh, we are not great, uh, great uh, tea drinkers, but we are sharp tea drinkers. And uh, we have uh, very good teas in, in France now. Which teas have been most successful in previous competitions? Any, any type of tea is welcome in our competition. What we try to do in AFPA is to have categories for monovarietal teas, Camellia simensis and Camellia assamica. Uh, we have herbal teas, blended teas, perfume teas. In each category, we judge aromas, taste, and texture. And what we are looking for, I would say our judge are looking for uh, harmony, balance, and originality. So we rather prefer controversial tea, uh, which may have a, a 10 over 10 with three judge, maybe only three or four over 10 with two other judge, better than a, a standard tea, which is a, a medium tea. So we, we are looking for character, character teas. Teas we are different from the average how does the industry benefit from AVPA's annual competition? Well, first point, uh, agricultural product competition are part of the food industry in, in Europe. You know, we had competition for years, I would say for centuries, with wine, with olive oil, with uh, cheese and so on. When producers compete, they can share information and compare their own production against their friends, neighbors, which is always different. Obviously, each producer is sure to be the best producer of the world, uh, but it's good to check it in front of other products of the world. So I would say the first, the first point for the competitors is to compare the quality of their products with other products. Second interesting point, on the tester side, each year uh, we have uh, very important buyers when I say very important buyers, not only for the turnover they can do, but only also for the quality uh, they are looking for, may compare what they are normally buying, usually buying, with what they could buy from other countries, other producers, uh, other garden they did not know. Then after, what we try to do is to help the happy, uh, happy growers who have received a medal in our competition, uh, informing the client, the final client, of the quality of the tea they are offering to the, to the market. A final reminder that the deadline to receive entries is August 31st. The competition is now very, very, very near. You have to send your samples before the end of the month. They must arrive in Paris by the very beginning of September. So we are waiting for you and we'll be very happy to receive them.
intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of key biz journalists and key experts? Contact them directly through Subtext, a private message-based platform. Avoid the chaos of social media and start a conversation that matters. Subtext message-based platform lets you privately ask meaningful questions of the tea experts, academics, and tea biz journalists reporting from the tea lands. You see their responses via SMS texts, which are sent direct to your phone. Visit our website and subscribe to Subtext to instantly connect with the most connected people in tea. Remember to visit the tea biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.